Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone. This is a big day where we celebrate our moms and remember the um, influence and contribution they've made to our lives and to realize this day is a, uh, a day of celebration for many. And, uh, and for others, it's a, a challenging day because their hopes to be a mother has not been fulfilled up to this point on the journey. And, uh, or maybe they're grieving the loss of their mom. Um, and so there can be all sorts of experiences from absolutely off the charts wonderful to really deeply challenging as it relates to uh, our relationship with our moms. But um, today we, we choose to honor and remember and celebrate and so if you're a mom, we just want to say happy Mother's Day to you today. And uh, for those of you who are new to King Street Community Church and perhaps have never even been on site with us at 611 King Street West in Oshawa, if you're local, we would love to have you come and join us. Again, if you're new to us since the uh, COVID season, we would love to have you come for our newcomers breakfast planned for next Sunday, which is May 15 at 9.15 in the morning. We have a continental breakfast for you and uh, it's just before the worship gathering, which begins at uh, 10.30 a.m. on site, just like our YouTube channel. We would love to have you come join us. You can head over to kingstreet.org and you can register for that newcomers breakfast, a great chance to get to know other people who are new to the church and as well for, uh, for pastors and church leaders to get a chance to, to meet you and welcome you as well. So again, that's happening next Sunday. And a big shout out to our moms again. Happy Mother's Day to you. So our teaching theme this morning is, uh, is part of our series that we've been talking about, Getting Along. And uh, we're going to talk about learning from mom. And uh, for us to get along with one another and to actually learn from each other requires a, a postured heart of humility and an openness to learning. And uh, so we're going to talk about what it means for us to learn from mom. There are all sorts of wonderful life lessons that we can learn from things that mom's got right and some things that maybe moms didn't get so right. And uh, so this will be a teaching theme for everyone, but there'll be some specific application points for parents and especially for, for moms. Uh, but our passage to ponder, which again is the conclusion of this series, the three-part series called Getting Along, is taken from Colossians chapter three. Uh, beginning at verse 12, Paul writes these words. Again, if you're new to the Bible, Paul, uh, known as the Apostle Paul, uh, he wrote about um, a third or so of the New Testament. And uh, he writes these words to a church that was meeting in a uh, first century community called Colossae. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That, that's a, a posture of learning right there. He continues and says, bear with each other. Getting along requires bearing with each other. And forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. And then he writes, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And God is incredibly gracious and merciful to all of us. And so we ought to be um, inclined to be that same way with others, even those who have offended or injured us along the way. So again, celebration is at the heart of this Mother's Day. Learning, again, is a part of our, our teaching theme for this morning. And um, we're going to talk about how moms, actually, and parents, and all of us, to some degree, um, we transmit values to one another, we influence each other, but especially moms, 
Um, they, they kind of pass along genetic code and DNA and all of those important building blocks for our, our uh, physiology. And, uh, but they also pass along other things, our capacity to nurture, our, our ability to understand, uh, to discern. Um, they, they help us with worldview and values. And um, moms pass along a whole lot more than just simply the building blocks of our genetic code and our DNA. Um, they pass along the potential to pass along a beautiful life transforming faith that can influence us both sides of heaven. And so um, in the Bible, we learn that the faith, the faith is transmitted through families. Um, let me let me read this passage. It's kind of a little sobering, but there's this one little verse found in the book of Judges. It's in the Older Testament. Um, where there was a time in Israel's history where uh, one generation failed to pass along the faith to the next generation. And it's found in Judges chapter 2, verse 10. It goes like this. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, after that generation had died, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. There was like an open space, a gap, a vacuum, so to speak, where um, the faith was not transmitted to the next generation. It's a really sad indictment. Something went wrong in the transmission of the faith from one generation to the next. The story of God was not told to the next generation. So somewhere along the way, there was an interruption um, or an interrupted transmission, so to speak, of an important message to those who were coming behind them. I've sent emails before, I'm sure you have too, where you um, kind of in the body of the email, talk about what's included in the attachment, and then you forget to attach the important document. And, and then you got to go back an hour later or five minutes later, or even just a moment later and say, I forgot to include the attachment. And uh, the person you were sending the message to didn't get the most important part of the message. Um, in the New Testament, we read about um, a pastor named Timothy whom this same writer, the Apostle Paul, writes to him as a young pastor, gives him some instructions about being a good, strong, healthy Christian leader, and he affirms his sincere faith. And listen to the reasons why he believes that Timothy, the young pastor, has a sincere faith. In, second, in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, he writes these words, I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, Paul writes, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. These, these two men had a great relationship. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. What a really, really cool passage that is that really outlines the way the faith is transmitted from one generation to the next. Uh, we have a grandmother teaching it to her daughter who teaches it to her son. And that's the way the faith gets passed along. But one really important aspect of this for us as we talk about learning from mom and how mom transmits something way more than just genetic code and DNA, but she transmits the faith, is that there has to be a faith to begin with in order for it to be transmitted. So it's not possible for us to include the document in the email as an attachment if we haven't got a document to send in the first place. If we search our files under my documents and the document's not there. So it's really important for mom and it's really important for all of us who are watching today that we would have our own faith. We cannot live on the faith of our grandmother or our mother. 
we need to have a faith of our own. But our grandparents and our parents do play an important role in transmitting that faith to us. So there needs to be a faith to transmit. That's our first thought for this morning. And then secondly, storytelling is imperative. Uh, which implies both experience and knowledge. Uh, storytelling was a big part of transmitting the faith in the Older Testament. The Jewish community would just tell stories. In fact, the Passover meal was an opportunity to sit down on an annual basis and tell the story. In fact, it's called the Haggadah. And the Haggadah literally means telling or narration. And so they would sit together with these very obvious and meaningful symbols. They would enjoy a meal together and recount the story of God's delivering work, bringing the people of Israel, God's chosen people, out of the cruel clutches of Pharaoh and the Egyptians into the promised land. And it's beautiful, miraculous, supernatural deliverance that they celebrate, even to this day. But they tell the story. Um, I'm advocating today on this Mother's Day for a return to the dinner table where we would gather without our phones or our devices, without the, the distractions of modern day 21st century life, and we would tell the stories, the stories of our day, the stories of our week, the stories of our dreams, of our fears, of our disappointments, and most importantly, the stories of God. I think something powerful can happen when we share a meal with friends and especially family. And there was a time in history when that was way more common than it is today. And so I think we're missing something when we fail to gather as families around the table. And I know there can be challenges. I'm not advocating for a 1950s world. It, it doesn't exist anymore. But there is, um, I think, something beautiful that may be potentially neglected by many based on all of the um, distractions and the busyness of life where we fail to actually connect with the ones whom we can learn so much from and whom we can pass so much along to. So um, I love this, Deuteronomy chapter six, one of my favorite passages in the Older Testament for sure. Uh, Moses writes these words, he says, Hear, O Israel, this is called the Shema, which means to hear. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's one God of heaven and earth, and that was what was distinctive about the people of God compared to neighboring nations around them that were polytheistic and they were given to all sorts of pagan practices. Moses writes and says, no, not you, you're different. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. There were these beautiful symbolic um, acts where they would keep these uh, phylacteries on their, on their hands and on their, on their foreheads. You've probably seen some of those images still today. Orthodox Jews will actually do that with these black boxes and they'll have mezuzahs on their door frames of their homes with a small little scroll in it representing the Torah. And, and they would even sometimes kiss it because it's a reminder to them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, their strength, and to um, remind themselves to keep the word of the Lord before them. There are some traditions our Catholic brothers and sisters talk about, they make the sign of the cross on their, on their forehead, on their lips, and on their heart. May the word of the Lord be on my mind, on my lips, and in my heart. And so for us today, we're reminded of the importance of having a faith of our own and how we transmit that faith to others. 
I believe this principle is massive and it's, it's upstream in our culture because of the busy lifestyles that we all lead. But I think this is huge. My wife and I have tried to practice it with our kids over the years. Quality time happens in the middle of quantity time. You've probably heard this said before that I just want to have a, a spend some quality time with you. Well, you, you don't flip a switch in order to get quality time with someone. Quality time happens almost by accident in the middle of quantity time. You can't have quality time without quantity time. And uh, I, I, th I think this is really, really um, an interesting idea. Being interested in what our kids are interested in will make us interesting. Okay, I want to say that one more time. Being interested in what our kids are interested in will make us interesting. And uh, we shouldn't expect our kids to move toward us and be interested in what we're interested in. We should go to them and express interest in what interests them. And then the byproduct of that is they will find us interesting. Uh, you've probably heard this too. William Wallace said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. If the hand is going to rock the cradle, it has to have close proximity. It's got to be standing close by or sitting nearby. And the whole premise is this. If you want to change the world, you influence the ones coming behind you. And every parent, especially on this Mother's Day, mothers have this beautiful privilege of influencing their kids. And we have this beautiful opportunity to change the world. When we're sitting with our kids and we're playing video games with them, the question of morality or the question of um, respect might come up and we take advantage of the moment while we're playing video games with our kids. Or we might be fishing with our daughter out in the lake and all of a sudden a conversation emerges about why people can be so judgmental sometimes. Or we might be leaving the, uh, the soccer pitch, so to speak, or the soccer field on our way home after watching our kids play soccer and we stop in for an ice cream and our son or our daughter will ask the question, about why God allows one of their friends to get sick. And we'll have this opportunity right in the middle of quantity time to have a quality time moment. And so um, we do understand today that um, mothers play a huge role in our lives and the faith is transmitted primarily through families. And this is also why the family of God is so important. Um, secondly here, we learn from our mothers, both biological and spiritual. There are some people in our lives we didn't have maybe um, uh, spiritually alert parents or a spiritually um, healthy mother necessarily, but we've got some spiritually healthy grandmothers and mothers in the church. And this is one of the reasons, again, why we invite people when they're able to come and join us in person, because there's nothing quite like life-on-life uh, -life relationships where we do so much learning when we are in the same room or when we build re uh, relationships with others. All right, so let me just leave you with this one Psalm. It's Psalm 116. And I'm going to read the last verse, and then I'll go back up to the beginning, because the last verse kind of puts a context to the rest of it. Here it is. Psalm 116, verse 16 goes like this. David, very likely the author of this psalm, he says this, Truly I am your servant, Lord. If you're new to the psalms, the psalms are prayers or songs or poems. David writes this. It takes the form of a poem. Truly I, or it takes the form of a prayer. Truly I am your servant, Lord. And then he says, I serve you just as my mother did. And you have freed me from my chains. I serve you just as my mother did. All right, I've got four quick principles and they're tied to the psalm, uh, the psalm's content that was just ahead of this verse I just read for you. So the whole context is I serve you just as my mother did. All right, here we go. Mothers in the faith 
teach their kids who to call on when they're in trouble. They teach their kids to pray. Listen to this, verses one through four of Psalm 116. I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord and he says, Lord, save me. Uh, one of the affirmations we ask parents to make when they're dedicating themselves and their children on a Sunday morning at King Street, or as we've done on our YouTube channel in the past, is we act, actually ask the parents to, to say, is it, is it your intention that you would teach your son or daughter to read the Bible for themselves and to pray so that they can build their own personal relationship with the Lord Jesus? And every parent says, absolutely, yes, that's our intention. And so... Um, David, who's writing these inspired poems and songs and prayers, the Holy Spirit is moving upon him to write sacred text. But it was informed by the people of God, of course, and by his mother, as he mentioned earlier in verse 16. And his mother taught him that when you're in trouble, it's important that we pray. Not only when we're in trouble, but when we're in trouble, we turn to God. Uh, number two, mothers in the faith teach their kids that God is gracious and compassionate by being gracious and compassionate. Verse five of Psalm 116, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. David wrote those words because he believed they were true about God and he learned it somewhere. Teaching our kids about who God is, what he's like, what he's inviting us into is the most important part of a parent's role. Teaching our kids includes both words and actions, and we are most effective in our teaching when those words and actions come together. When our kids make mistakes, they're not opportunities for punishment, but for learning. Discipline is part of the learning, but a gracious and compassionate home is a safe place for kids to make mistakes. Every kid makes mistakes. They act out, they get it wrong. They don't live up to our expectations on more than one occasion. And, but we provide a safe place for them to land where they can find um, a place to safely and compassionately and graciously learn the life lessons from their missteps or failures. And uh, I really think um, we serve our kids incredibly well when we have gracious homes filled with compassion. We can really do damage to kids when we are heavy handed and when we have expectations that no one can live up to. And so easily parents or adults can forget what it was like to be four, five, seven, nine, 12, 15, and the temptations or the distractions or the ways we were developing, even our brain was developing. We can't project onto little ones adult brains because they're just not there yet. And so uh, compassion and grace will serve our families well. All right, number three, mothers in the faith teach their kids the importance of acknowledging God's goodness and giving thanks to him. I'll keep reading verse six. The Lord protects the unwary, those who are caught off guard or those who are without caution or maybe those who are naive. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul. David has a bit of a self-conversation going on, some self-talk. For the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I'm greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. David found people sometimes not to be trustworthy, not to be loyal. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? 
I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Life was not easy for David, but in the middle of the challenging circumstances he faced, he recognized that God was his deliverer and he returned thanks to God and recognized his goodness. David learned that somewhere. And according to verse 16, he served the Lord just as his mother had done. And he watched his mom serve the Lord and it informed his worldview, it informed his values, it informed his practices. All right, finally, last one is this. Mothers in the faith remind their kids that they are loved in life and in death and to live with eternity in mind. Uh, verse 15, precious or costly in Hebrew, in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Moms, I wanna encourage you to remind your kids that there is way more to life than just the here and the now. Um, this is an important part of the journey, um, but there is uh, more to come. And we ought to live present right now with our eye on what's coming. And we ought to lean into this concept of eternity because it's real according to scripture. There is a life on the other side of our death and uh, it's important that we keep that posture so that we live with eternity in mind. And so moms, you have been given a wonderful, wonderful privilege that comes with some responsibilities. And we wanna acknowledge and honor you today that that job and that role is not easy. And there are so many things you do that we wanna say thank you for today. And the most important one is the pace that you set for us in life, whether that be in relationships or whether that be in our spiritual lives. Thanks be to God for moms who transmit their faith to the ones coming behind them. I wanna say a shout out to my own mom today. Happy Mother's Day to you, mom. You've been a wonderful mom to me and to my sister, Kim. So uh, we are going to celebrate communion together, but just before we do, I'll read this verse, which has been our verse theme for today. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. This is King David. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. What a beautiful, beautiful passage. All right, so we're gonna celebrate communion this morning and um, I hope you've been able to access a, a cracker or a cookie and um, it represents the broken body of the Lord Jesus. And there's a cup, a beverage of your choosing that will uh, again, symbolically represent the blood of the Lord Jesus where he, emptied himself where he surrendered his life. No one took it from him. He laid it down for the sins of the whole world. You're not obligated to eat and drink with us today, but you're invited. And this is for people who have um, acknowledged that Jesus is Lord and that they have uh, signed up to follow him. Uh, not perfectly, but they have signed up to follow him with the Spirit's help, hopefully progressively. And um, so uh, just before we eat and drink, I wanna read the Apostles' Creed. You can read along with me. Uh, this is, again, a summary of the content of our faith. The substance of our faith is the Lord Jesus. Uh, but it goes like this. It'll be on the screen. Let's read together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived uh, by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. 
All right, so with thanksgiving to God for the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death by surrendering his body, um, would you join me by eating the wafer? And as we acknowledge today that the death of the Lord Jesus provides the substance of our forgiveness, and uh, thanks be to God that there is no one who's watching this talk today who has outsinned the grace or mercy or unconditional love of God. And so because of Jesus' sacrificial death, you and I can receive the forgiveness he's provided. And so with thanksgiving for what Jesus has accomplished, would you join me by, by drinking from the cup? Amen. I want to pray for you on this Mother's Day, and then we'll send it back to our host pastors. Father, thank you for all of our moms today. Uh, we wouldn't be here without them. And uh, we thank you for um, the gift of their life. And we acknowledge today that they have lived imperfectly like the rest of us. Uh, but we do thank you for all that they do for us. Um, sometimes it's really obvious what they do, other times less so. Uh, but we do acknowledge today the gift that they have been in our lives. And we pray your blessing over them. May they be refreshed today and reminded of how loved they are. And uh, for all of us, God, um, help us to do our part as we uh, transmit the faith, the beautiful good news of the gospel of Jesus, that we are all incredibly loved and that we are all forgivable because of what Jesus has done for us and that there is forever hope. I pray that you would help us to receive that beautiful message and to transmit it far and wide as you prompt us to do so. And so on this Mother's Day, God, we give you thanks for so many things, but especially our moms. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.